Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's 30 Minute Thursdays, otherwise known as 30 Mint, where I bring you my weekly dose of fresh ideas and insights that are helping me to perform at my best. From my favorite recovery hacks, training philosophies, and analyzed guest insights, I will come prepared each week in hopes that you can add some of these snippets to your everyday life. But before we get to all that, a little bit of housekeeping. My friend Eric Ruiz and I are starting a book club, and we're going to be reading one book a month for the entire year of 2024. We're actually getting a head start on December just to iron out a couple kinks and make sure that we like the flow and the book selection. But we are going to be emailing this book list out to all the podcast listeners who subscribe to the mailing list on mainideapodcast.com so that you get the books in advance and you can join along. It's possible that we might end up doing an episode each month where we discuss the books, our highs and lows, parts that we liked, and have a general discussion about it. Eric and I are pretty aligned, but we do have some varying views, and one of the big goals of this is to challenge our views. So I hope that you sign up, uh, give your email, that way you can get the book list and you can join along. I don't know how interactive it will become throughout the year, as this is our first year doing it, but my hopes is it does develop into something like that, uh, where we can get listeners to participate. So we're going to start with uh, 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman, which has come highly recommended. I've wanted to read this book for a long time. So he and I are reading this in December, but it won't start the official list until January. Again, go to mainideapodcast.com. You can sign up for that list. Also, another reason to sign up for the list in conjunction with my homies over at Perry Athletics, one of my favorite manufacturers for no-gi apparel and some of the best shorts in the game for strength and conditioning. I'm teaming up with them and my buddy Jordan Hart, who's a tattoo artist in Los Angeles at Lincoln Tattoo Company, to make show rash guards. This is going to be a pretty small run, so I'm imagining it's going to sell out uh, pretty quick once I put up the list for pre-orders. But we're going to do this run. That way you guys can rock some cool gear on the mats. I finally got the mock-ups today, and they're sick. I wouldn't recommend getting anything if it wasn't super high quality and Perry Athletics knocks it out of the park. And I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't think it was rad and Jordan crushed the artwork. So sign up for the mailing list here. You'll get um, access to the pre-order form. That way you can rock the gear and support the show. And finally... Uh, based on social media feedback, I am working hard to put together a stretch PDF that will be free that showcases my evening stretch routine that helps me maintain flexibility, mobility, and generally stay healthy. For me, it's for grappling, jujitsu. But this stretch protocol is something I've developed over my lifetime as a skier, my lifetime as a coach, helping athletes and helping individuals better their health and their fitness. So it can apply to really anything that involves activity. But I want to make it really cool. And I want to make it something that's useful that you're excited about. So I'm working with some graphic designers, putting that all together so that it's an awesome, succinct, little deliverable. As soon as it's done, when you sign up for the mailing list, you'll get that for free instantly. So you can print it out, you can reference it, you can keep it in your bedroom, whatever. And that way you can follow along with recommended time, uh, you know, duration for stretches, how the stretches are performed, what you should look for when you're doing them. And one thing that I think is really important, progressions and regressions, because a lot of time things are just too hard to do. So it's good to have a regression to build up to it. And it's good to have a progression if it's already something that you can do well. So all of that is to say, 
Join the mailing list. You'll also get access to Ask Me Anythings, products that I'm loving, future events, community-only merchandise that we do in the future, like the Rash Guards, and opportunities to support the show in other ways. So if you like what I'm doing here, if you show up each week, if you listen to the episodes, if you like the guests, this is a great way to become part of the community and stay up to date on everything. Now let's get to the show. If you like it, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And please leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. This helps the show tremendously. It helps with one of my most valued things, organic discovery, which is getting the show in front of people that have similar interests but doesn't know it exists and don't have a friend who's currently listening to it. So those ratings help so much. It's really easy to do. You just click the show on Spotify, click the star, click five, done. I really appreciate it, and it goes such a long way. So thank you to those of you who have already done it. Today, I'm going to be breaking down a couple of different things, primarily New Year's resolutions. I'm going to touch on a couple of different topics, including my stance on them from a personal and a coaching perspective, why I think New Year's resolutions fail so frequently, and how to create meaningful ones. So let's get to it. Having been a coach since 2014, professionally, but also a skier my whole life who set goals every single year that I wanted to accomplish, one thing I noticed is that every year, come January, you get a flood of people signing up for gym memberships. Now, when you're talking about New Year's resolutions, the gym is such an easy example, but this could really be true for anything else. It could be true for CrossFit training facilities. It could be true for yoga studios. It could be true for boutique studios. It could be true for anything that involves changing or impacting your health that's a membership basis. It's a hurdle that someone wasn't willing to jump from a cost perspective all year long, but the new year seems like this special time where they can really wrap their head around getting after it. So you see a flood of people come in in January, and nobody is there at the end of the month. And this is why that happens. Because like I alluded to in the episode on motivation, motivation is the fastest burning fuel that you can put in the car. When motivation's high, you sign up for the membership. When motivation's high, you buy brand new fitness gear, you get new geese, you buy new rash guards, you get new massage guns and foam rollers and all these tools to help you do the thing that you're after. And when that motivation, that fuel burns off, you are left with your specific lifestyle habits. And that is the lowest common denominator. These are the things that are always holding true for you in your life, no matter what your efforts and desires are in other areas. So if your lowest common denominator is that you undersleep, lack of fitness routine, and you don't enjoy the equipment or the gear that you use to do it, no matter what you do with acquiring these things, it's going to revert back to this lack of sleep and lack of habits that promote the behavior that you're trying to make part of your routine. So these people get three weeks in, they did a couple awesome workouts, they're really psyched about it, they're high-fiving their friends, their family members are, are proud of them for doing it. And then that third week hits and they're just like, man, I'm too tired, work's too tough, I don't have the time. All those excuses start coming back in and if you only have three weeks worth of habits that are supporting this new desire, it's guaranteed to go away. There's no way to support that because your life is just gonna take over. So you always see high New Year's resolutions, you, then you see low New Year's resolution follow through, even by the end of the month. Within a 30-day period, people are already giving up on their desires. And 
these don't have, I, I use the example of a gym because I've worked in one for so long and I've helped clients formulate good lasting resolutions many times. So it's a pressing example for me. But I'm sure that this is true if you're in the, the jiu-jitsu academy you get a ton of people who are like, oh, this year I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do jujitsu. I'm going to take on a new martial art. I've heard great things. All my friends talk about this. And then the end of the month, they can't find the consistency. Their body's super sore. They got banged up. It's hard. You're getting your ass kicked. And so they quit. I think part of this is also just due to this structure of new year resolutions. There's nothing special about January. You could do this at any other month of the year, at any other time. You could do a July resolution for the whole year, but starting in July. There's nothing special about this January 1. It really doesn't mean anything when you're assessing it from a habit change viewpoint. Anything that you can do on January 1st, you could do at any other moment in the year with a little bit of planning and building up of a why or a purpose as to why you're doing it. So what I recommend that people do, and it's something that I've worked with my clients with a lot over the years, is really taking advantage in the event that they, excuse me, in the event that they look at January as a special time, as something they, they're motivated to do. You don't want to stifle motivation if it's there. Even though it's a fast-burning fuel, you don't want to get rid of it for no reason. So if someone has high motivation to start something up in January, I'm going to support that 100%, but I'm going to get them to start in December. If they want to do something, start something in February, I'm going to get them to start working on it in January. And here's why. When you take the pressure off of the deadline of when it has to be done, starting right on January 1, and you give an entire month to go through the process of trial and error and kind of feeling what it would actually be like if this new thing was part of my life, that 30-day period of refinement then sets you up so that on that day, when you begin your new resolution, you are all systems go. You've established a why or a purpose behind what you're doing. You've found the least, the minimal frequency that you can approach your new goal, desire, whatever it is, resolution. And you've put the system around it over that 30-day period to support it. So that when January comes and stress from work hits, family demands hit, pain in the body hits, you fall back onto your system not onto your lowest common denominator of habits. And that's a big difference. The other thing I help people do is establish realistic resolutions. What's something that really makes sense for you, for where you're at today that you want to accomplish this year? I think if you've ever read a self-help book or you've read, you know, Think and Grow Rich or something like that, it's just, you know, aim for the stars. I want to be a millionaire by February. Well, if you don't even have a job, that's not a very realistic thing to do. If you're 100 pounds overweight and you want to be at 25% body fat by February, that's not a realistic goal. Even if it was possible to do it physically, there are so many mental changes that need to happen along the way to support that downline. So choosing things that are realistic, that make sense for where your life's at. If you're someone who trains jujitsu and you're, finding, you're getting in once a week every single week, Sometimes you get in three, but work demands and family make it really, really tough. Maybe it's realistic to just shoot 
to build a frequency of twice a week. That's a big difference. It's four extra days every month. And when you compound this, it's a lot of opportunity to learn that you're getting that you weren't getting at one day a week. It gives you more repetition. It gives you the opportunity to see the same technique twice. It gives you the opportunity to train with other people that go on different days that you don't get to train with on the other day. So just one day can have this massive impact. So instead of going, I'm going to, this January, I'm going to train seven days a week. I'm going to start doing a strength training routine. I'm going to overhaul my nutrition. I'm going to go to bed at 730. I'm going to wake up at five every day. I'm going to do cold therapy. I'm going to do sauna. I'm going to do all this stuff. That way I feel good and I can train hard. Dude, that's way too much. That's way too much. You got to start with where you're at, what you're doing, and do incremental positive forward-moving adjustments. That's how you get these things to last. Because I would much rather have someone tell me that they want to try to get in an additional day of training at moderate intensity, and they're highly motivated to do it. We build a system around that. And then in July, we make that day more intense. Or in July, we add the addition of them doing something on their own, a homework day or an additional day of jiu-jitsu, or an additional day of surfing, or an additional day of running, or biking, or swimming, or signing up for a marathon, or signing up for a 5K. But what that's doing is it's building on top of the habits that they've already created, that they've found success in, and then they've made the addition. Your year, if you do this January New Year's resolution to December reflection, it should be a vertical asymptote of progress. It should be a very gradual build January, February, March, a little uptick April, and then steady growth through the end of the year. And then if you did that over time, you make such better progress. And on top of it, you're teaching yourself the autonomy to do it on your own. And you're reinforcing all the habits and the systems that you're putting in place. So this is in essence, the creation of purpose and drive, which are the two most important things, much more important than motivation, that will supersede the fall off of New Year's resolutions and push you down the line so that whatever things you want to do this year, you end up doing them. Now, when I said the example of the person that wants to do all these different things, I think it's easy with this idea of resolutions, especially around fitness, to take the biggest tidbits that you've heard all year long from your favorite people, from the favorite social media personalities, doctors, Hubermans, whatever it is, and to put them all in play right away. So what I, re what I like to do with clients and what I like to do with myself is to break this up into four very simple categories. And I think of these as buckets. And I'm gonna reach into these buckets all year long. And they are mental, physical, personal, and business slash career. And I'm only gonna put in one thing in each bucket. And I've been doing this almost my whole life. So you would think that maybe I'd want to throw five things in each bucket because I know I can make them happen. That's not the way to do it. Within the mental bucket, the physical bucket, the personal bucket, and the business bucket, 
I put in one thing that I want to focus on. And I start thinking about that in December. So that when January comes around, I'm not trying to formulate these systems and plans through the beginning of the year when I should really be already starting on it. To my point earlier, I've also done this in August. It really is when the idea comes to your head, when a new thing pops in that you feel like is feasible, that matches your lifestyle, that's something you can wrap your head around and make happen, it can happen at any point in the year. But once you utilize this system of these buckets, you don't have to wait to January to get something started. You don't have to wait to January to start your podcast. You don't have to wait to January to launch your strength and conditioning website. And you don't have to wait to January to start doing jujitsu. You get that idea in your head, you drop it in the bucket and you make it happen. You give yourself a 30-day buffer to plan and experiment and write and think, and then you put it in action. So it's a 30-day lag period until you hit the launch button. The reason that I like breaking it up into these four buckets is that then through the year I can assess or refine them on an individual basis instead of trying to overhaul the whole thing. So if you're going to start going to training seven days a week. You're going to build out your garage into a a home gym so that you can train at home. You don't have to go to the gym. You're going to overhaul your nutrition. You keep going down that rabbit hole. It's hard to assess what things are working for you and what things aren't. If you have a mental bucket and a physical bucket and you get into May and you're just worn down and you can't focus on the things that matter to you, go back to the mental bucket and adjust something. Refine your process, change it, and put it into action. That way you're not in this weird lag where you can't figure out what part of the resolution or what part of your efforts aren't making sense. Maybe the physical has to change. You're overworked. You're doing too much in the physical bucket, and so it's taking away from other parts. But separating it into those four things, it really covers four very general but applicable parts of your life. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to make modifications to each one. It's one goal per bucket. It's only four things that you're working on each year. And they should be things that promote the lifestyle that you want to be living. And maybe you are living that. and That's awesome. And maybe that in and of itself is part of the resolution. It's just to reinforce what you're doing. I'll give my strength training routine as an example. Last year, I decided that the purpose of my strength training was going to change for the first time in my life. And it wasn't going to be about just getting stronger. It was going to be about keeping myself healthy so that I can do the things that I love to do. And that's the sole purpose of it. That's a hard thing to wrap your head around when you've done the opposite your whole life. I've always focused on getting stronger until I was 33 years old. And when I turned 34, I said, you know what? I'm going to make sure that everything that I do in the gym, everything that I do in here, my strength and conditioning, is just for the purpose of being able to surf whenever I want and train jiu-jitsu to whatever capacity I want and minimize the risk of injury to the best of my abilities. That overhauled how I train. That took me from a three to four day a week training split down to two days. It made me be very selective of the exercises that I choose on those days to make sure that they really promote exactly what I'm after, which is injury risk reduction and athletic performance and maintenance. I just want to maintain the strength that I've built. I'm not worried about adding more. But if that wasn't put in the physical bucket, I would just be constantly lifting heavier and heavier and blowing myself out in training and then being hurt all the time and not being able to do any of the things that I like to do. Then I'd be bummed out, so my mental would be affected. 
that's going to affect the personal relationships of my life. And then as a result, my business endeavors will suffer because I won't have the energy to put myself into them. If I didn't have this bucket of physical efforts and goals that I was working on, I wouldn't know to go back to it and I wouldn't know what to change because it wouldn't be a program, it wouldn't be a system, and it wouldn't have an overarching thing that I'm working on. It would just be fitness. And that's not, that's not going to work when you're really trying to move a needle. And as a result, I've learned more about my recovery this year than any other year in my life. I've been able to build on top of that physical bucket through the year and add in new modalities that further this idea of being prepared for the sports that I love to do and minimizing the risk of injury. It's helped me connect with guests for the show that know more about this stuff than I do, that I can talk to and I can interview and I can glean pieces of information to then give to the listeners so that they can also implement these things in their life. Because admittedly, I don't know everything about fitness and recovery. Far from it. There are millions of people that know more than I do. But I have a curiosity to learn that. That, again, complements this physical bucket. And the personal, because I'm connecting with people that are like-minded, that are interested in this kind of stuff. So what I would hope that people are able to do, and I guess my big tidbit from this episode, is to get a head start. Take a look at your year, but start it in December. Maybe it's buying a composition notebook and keeping it on my desk like this one with a pen next to it. And every time I have an idea or a thought that's related to these four buckets, I just write it down and forget about it. But in the last week of the month, I'll be able to go through and really refine those and ask myself, what is it within these four categories from all this stuff that's been written down, the little things I've implemented and tried out, the things that I've tested that are working, and the letting go of the things that I tested that aren't working, now what are these habits going to look like going forward? And you can build that loose structure, a structure that's subject to change, because through the year, things are going to happen. Unpredictables come up. Travel comes up. Jobs get lost. Jobs get gained. Relationships end. New ones start. Whatever it is, it's all going to happen. And if you don't have these systems in place, those happening things are going to completely jar and disrupt your efforts. So you don't have to be a maniac. You don't have to be a psychopath. And you definitely don't have to have a routine that looks like mine. But you got to start somewhere. And the great thing is you can. You 100% have the power to take over any goal that you want start at the smallest manageable piece, and then add a little bit as you make progress. It's really important to recognize improvement. And I think by the time this airs yesterday, I put up a, a story about this, about comparison, because I have a hard time comparing myself uh, to others, specifically in business. And I do this on purpose because... There's people that I admire. I admire their work ethic. I admire the products that they put out. I admire the content they create and the quality of it. And I admire the audience that they've been able to build around that. 
I think it's incredible. There's people's lives that are being changed single-handedly by the fact that these people are able to grow their shows and their message and get it out to people. When I compare myself to them, it's very easy to feel like shit because this show is growing. It hasn't grown. You know, it's not the end result. It is a process. It's getting bigger each year and it's doing the things I want, but it's at a rate which is what it is. It's growing at the rate that it's growing at. And I have to remind myself that, that it's okay to be in the middle of that process pursuing something. My fiance always tells me that if you're going to compare yourself to anyone, you have to compare yourself to everyone. And when I compare myself to everyone, I feel like putting resolutions in these four buckets has helped me make a lot of progress relative to the person that I was the year before and with my business relative to the business it was the year before. And that feeling is the feeling of self-efficacy. That is confidence that you can make changes in your life and the things that are happening are a result of your efforts doing them. And that's a really good feeling to have because on top of that feeling, you can build new systems, you can build new goals, you can build new projects and ideas. Building and designing rash guards for the show in collaboration with Perry Athletics and my friend is a tattoo artist and designer, that wouldn't have happened two years ago when the show first started. It's only happening now because of the continual effort forward, continually refining the business bucket, throwing out things that don't work, doubling down on things that do. The more that you do that, those resolutions start to steamroll forward and make progress. I guess steamroll is a terrible example. I meant a snowball at the top of a hill that you push and it gains more snow and stuff as it rolls down. It's very much like that. So I hope that this episode has left you with a little push in the right direction to take a look at the year, to get an early 30-day head start on it, to drop pieces in a couple buckets that mean a lot to you. It could be mental, physical, personal, and business. It could be something completely different. Maybe you love cars and it's automotive and you want to drop something in that bucket. Maybe you've never done a race and you want to do something that involves running, biking, swimming, and you want to label that bucket something different. Whatever it is, however your system falls out, separate them into manageable, simple, easy-to-assess categories, knock out the structure in the next 30 days, and then in three months from now, make a little bit of refinement. That will keep you moving in the right direction, and it will trump the BS, quick-burn motivation that strikes people when they go out to set their New Year's resolutions. And if you're unsure if that's true, <laughs> join a gym in January and watch people drop like flies as you get closer and closer to the 30-day mark. Well, I got to get to my next client. I'm sorry that there was not a 30-minute Thursday last week, but with the travel and everything, it was near impossible. But I will accept blame. I could have been better about making it happen. I could have planned better, and I could have gotten it done. So it's not an excuse, but my apologies. I hope that this episode finds... Uh, all the ears that it needs to. And again, quick reminder, for those of you that find value here, for those of you that enjoy the episodes, for those of you that show up every single week, and I know that you're doing it because I can see the numbers and the downloads, please take 30 seconds, leave a five-star review on Spotify. It means the absolute world. It helps the show so 
much. It helps with positioning, organic growth. And don't forget to sign up for the email list at mainideapodcast.com. It's right there on the homepage. I will not spam you, but you will get access to very cool stuff, including these rash guards, which I absolutely cannot wait to drop because they're super sick. Have a fantastic weekend, and don't forget to tune in next Tuesday, as usual, for episode 113. It's crazy to say it. Have a great weekend. Hey, friends. Abe here. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and sticking around to the very end. If you want to support it, leave a five-star review on Spotify or check out www.mainideapodcast.com. Join the mailing list and stay up to date on all things The Main Idea, from future guests, sponsorship opportunities, products I'm using to help me perform at my best, invites to ask me anything, and any upcoming pertinent information to the show. I cannot do this show without you. It is literally why I show up each week and put these episodes together. So thank you from the bottom of my heart from being part of the community. I hope you have a great day.